When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back. Great shot, score. What a beautiful move. Deep backhand, went back to the forehand. And welcome back, Connor. His sixth goal of the season is a work of art. Raleigh, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo! Ladies and gentlemen, Dagger! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. Well, Connor McDavid is a finalist for the Calder Trophy as the NHL's top rookie. Will he win it? I doubt it. But the debate rages on about eligibility and games played. Plus, a little thing called the draft lottery went over the weekend. The Edmonton Oilers did not win it, so the rest of the country hates us a little less today. The Toronto Maple Leafs, 20% chance it comes through. What's the mood in that fair eastern city? We'll talk to Andy Frost. He's the PA announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also works for one of our chorus radio stations in Toronto. The Winnipeg Jets, big move for them. They go up from number six to number two. Kelly Moore from CJOB. We'll look at the impact and we'll talk a lot about that Oilers number four overall pick. Certainly Peter Shirelli seems very open to trading it. I think he's going to investigate all angles of that if he keeps it. Could be very uh, very well someone out of the Ontario Hockey League that the Oilers wind up picking, or if they move down for that matter. A.J. Jakubik will enlighten us on some of the pro- uh, prospects. Kelly Rudy is on the show tonight. Uh, Evan Dom's going to talk a little bit about uh, some uh, Western kids getting ready for the CFL draft. And Paul Sur will uh, break down the Raptors surviving Indiana yesterday. Man, they were, they were blowing them out, and then all of a sudden they weren't. Plus, Paul will talk about the upcoming Canada-China women's basketball series right here in Edmonton to help Canada get ready for the Summer Olympics. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Really happy to talk to you again. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Of course, you can always weigh in. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can also text 630-630. You can get me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, and the email is insidesports at 630ched.com. Uh, Tom Gazzola from the Edmonton Oilers website. McDavid is the fourth Oilers player to be up for the Calder Trophy. Nugent Hopkins in 2012. Arnett in 1994. They both came in second. Grant Fewer came in third in 1982. I got to admit, I did not remember Grant Fewer off the top of my head. So good job for uh, by Gazzola for jumping on that. So here's the thing. I don't think, and Kellen Kennedy is on the other side of the window. First of all, good to see you, Kellen. Great job on our draft lottery special on Saturday night. Thank you, Reed. It was fun to be here. Um, the, you probably recall, because you're here for about half the shows, mm. that I did a very informal poll. Yes. I found it back on our uh, 
Oh, hang on here. i got to open this again. Found it back on our website. It was uh, March 23rd, so there were a couple of weeks left in the season. All right. I believe it was after an Oilers home game or during an Oilers home game, one of the two, right? Uh, well, no, I did it during the day. It during was on the day. an inside okay. sports day. I, I, gotcha. okay. I contacted some uh, some media people. So in between games. I then. contacted okay. a, uh, a two bloggers, one in the Eastern Conference, one mm-hmm. in the Western Conference, and right. two current NHL players, mm-hmm. one in the Eastern Conference and one in the Western Conference. Right. And I said, give me your top three. And then I did uh, voting with three points for a first place vote, or mm. did a tally, three for a first place vote, two for second, one for third. Now, I'll be the first to admit, this is obviously not how the NHL does it. They poll the Hockey Writers Association, mm-hmm. and uh, yet they actually have them list five guys and give them points that way. So, But we yeah. do a little informal thing to see what happens. Mm. Panarin got 11 of the 17 first place votes. McDavid got four. Gostas Bear uh, got one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eichel actually got one. He's not among the finalists. Mm-hmm. So Panarin won that poll, and I think he's going to win the real poll. He had a really good season. He had 77 points in 80 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, if McDavid plays a whole season on the pace he was on, okay, f- you know, f- fair enough. you got to round it off a little bit, but 1.07 times 82 games, that's 87.7 points. Yeah. So, say McDavid plays 75 to 82 games. Mm-hmm. He probably gets 80 to 90 points. Mm-hmm. And he probably wins it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. No. And I, and, I think, and I think that's the way the voters are going to go. It was interesting to me. That's how the, the two players in the league voted at the time. They mm-hmm. both put Panarin first and McDavid second. Mm-hmm. So I think the players themselves certainly put a a emphasis on playing as much of the season as possible because it is a grind. You got to be out there every night, mm-hmm. and there there kind of has to be that standard for reaching. You can argue what it is, probably sixty five games, mm-hmm. right, to actually win the award. So I think McDavid, a bit of a statement for him that he just gets nominated playing forty five oh, games. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I think this will be something that uh, will be very interesting to look back on in about two or three years' time. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it, it, I know Oilers fans want their players to win individual awards. Mm-hmm. I would think out of the three players that are finalists, you would think McDavid is going to have the best career. Mm-hmm. And actually, I don't think the biggest issue here. I don't think the biggest issue here is games played. I think it's age and experience. Mm. And it used to be it was the best first-year player. And then yep. Makarov, was it Makarov, got the award in 89, he was 30, 90, yep. he's 32, right? Yep. 89, so now 90. they say you have to be 26 mm-hmm. or, on, or under. Yeah. So, fine. Panarin fits the bill. He's uh, 24. He's basically 24 and a half. His birthday's at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Okay? But he played... 263 games in the KHL. Yep. 263 games. So I'm not so worried about the guy's age. I think the rule should be, if you have played more than X number of games in Mm -hmm. another professional hockey league, even if it's the American League, you're not eligible to win the Calder Trophy. And and I think that number should probably be be between 150 and 200. Mm -hmm. So even if you're an AHL 
guy, mm-hmm. you know. So say you you play, you maybe you're drafted when you're 18, but you're not a high pick, and you stay in junior till you're 20, and then you toil in the AHL for four or five years, and you're still 24, 25, and you come up to the NHL and you explode mm-hmm. and get 70 points, and you're the best first year player, but you've played four full seasons in the American Hockey League. Let's just round that off to mm-hmm. about 250 games. It's too many. That's that's interesting. Too many. Treat, treat the AHL the same as the European leagues. Yeah. If you play X number of games, you are no longer eligible for the Calder Trophy. Now that's interesting that you bring that up. That's a little bit uh, back to the future, as the kids say. Uh, wasn't that the situation that Gretzky encountered when he broke in in 79-80 well, in the NHL? Because he had played one pro season in the WHA, he was no longer eligible for the Calder, right? Right, which is a different rule than what there is now. But okay. they decided yeah. that the WHA players would not be eligible for the Calder Trophy. Oh, okay. Right. All right. So, uh, anyway. Hmm. Uh, Armswar texting into 63630. He says, Gostas Bear should be the winner because he was the biggest factor for his team. Panarin, also a good player, but I would argue he's already on a really good team. And, and that's, a, that's another interesting angle to it as well. Which player had the most effect on his team, right? I mean, that's kind of a heart trophy argument. Who was who was most valuable to his team? You can argue that Gostas Bear was most valuable to his team because Philadelphia Flyers weren't a very good team at the start of the season, and, and he helped them get into the playoffs. Panarin joined an already really good Blackhawks lineup, and the Oilers, you know, quite frankly, the Oilers finished 29th, mm-hmm. right? And with or without McDavid, their points percentage was about the same. I'd have to go back and look. I didn't think I'd be talking mm-hmm. about this, but... Um, but I, I actually think their points percentage was a little worse with with McDavid in the lineup. It seemed like that. Like eh? They had that yeah. six, their best streak was the six game winning streak when McDavid didn't play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that, that's a, that's a very interesting argument for Gosses Bear. Uh, Paul says, so I guess games played is the most important stat when it comes to deciding awards. I find it funny how a poll done with real NHL players has McDavid as the Calder winner, but a bunch of writers don't. I'll put more stock into what the players say. Well, actually, we don't know, Paul, what the writers have decided. I'm speculating, okay? Hmm. We don't know how this vote is going to turn out. I'm telling you how the very informal poll I did, which included two players who voted for Panarin, turned out. And Hmm. I'm telling you how I'm speculating. And quite frankly, I'm telling you how I would vote. Hmm. I would not have voted for McDavid first. I I wouldn't have. because, Because here's the thing, Paul. Games played, I'm just telling you how I'm seeing this. Games played is is not the most important stat, Mm. but it is important. I mean, let me ask you this, Paul. At what point do you draw the line? What if if McDavid or some other rookie had played 30 games but had gotten 38 points? Hmm. So he's, you know, again, points per game, really good. 38 points in 30 over a full season, that's pushing 100 points. Hmm. Is 30 games enough? How, How many games are enough? I don't think 45 is enough. I, I really don't. As good as McDavid is. Playoff game underway tonight. Two minutes in. Washington and Pittsburgh are scoreless. That series is tied 1-1. That's the only game tonight. The Toronto Blue Jays playing the Texas Rangers for the first time since the bat flip by Bautista in the playoffs. They're tied 1-1 in the top of the fifth at Rogers Center. And that story we were talking about on Friday has come to fruition. Leicester City has won the English Premier League because today Chelsea and Tottenham played to a 2-2 draw. 
If Tottenham didn't win that game, Leicester City, who tied Man United yesterday, won the championship. So they, they don't have playoffs. If you finish first, you win the title. And Leicester City guaranteed now to finish first, even though two games are left. Tell you what, you can keep the text coming in to 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. whole bunch of draft lottery stuff coming up, too. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, it's 620. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We will go to Toronto in a little while, talk to Andy Frost from uh, one of our chorus stations there. He's also the public address announcer for Maple Leafs games, the Leafs winning the draft lottery over the weekend. Uh, Paul has texted back. He says, so a player plays 82 games and gets five points is better than a player who plays 30 and gets 35. I think that's a flawed argument. Paul, that's not my argument. I mean, come on, Paul. You're smarter than that. That is not my argument. I'm not talking about a player who plays five, who plays 82 games and gets five points. I'm, I'm saying it's not solely about games played, but that, that is a part of it. And it can be difficult to play an entire season. Uh, this texture says, you're not a McDavid fan, Reed. You're an oil country. Don't ever forget that. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I didn't know where I lived. <laughs> Boy, there's some beauties off the top, eh, Kellen? Yeah, no, just... It's not about whether I'm a fan of McDavid or not. Obviously, I recognize McDavid's excellence. Yeah. I'm telling you that if I had a Calder Trophy vote, yeah. I would not have put him first, and I don't think... I'm speculating. I don't think the people who actually do vote, yep. when you add up all their votes, will have him first. Well, bottom line. If Panarin, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Fine. Yeah. Panarin was a bigger impact throughout the season because he played, you know, I, I'm assuming he played the closest to 82 games he, he played could. Eight. He played 80, right? He played 80. Okay. But again, as the one texture said earlier, if your arguing is, is impact, then right. isn't that goss to spare? Yeah. If your if your argument is impact, there we go. Yeah. Absolutely. Defenseman got forty six points in sixty four games. That's pretty good. From Rick in the park, he says the rookie rule won't get changed until Austin Matthews gets screwed over for rookie of the year. If this happens again next year, Toronto hashtag center of the universe. All right. And uh, this texter says you can also argue. A skating monkey could score 50 points while playing with Kane. Well, I'd have to see the monkey's hands and how big he was, too. I mean, size is important in the league, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> how, how much does the monkey weigh? Then I'll decide how many points he's going to get. Uh, this texture says, The best rookie in the NHL this year is Connor McDavid by a mile. There is really no argument. Yes, you're right. He's the best rookie in the league. That's not who what the award that's not who the award goes to. I mean look, I'm not that's that's not an opinion of what I just said. That's a fact. The award is not awarded to the best rookie in the NHL. It's not awarded to the rookie with the most skill. It's not awarded to the fastest skating rookie. It's not awarded to the rookie with the most points per game. It's awarded to the first year player deemed to be most proficient. Okay, now proficient leaves it open to some interpretation and opinion. Okay, yes, the best rookie in the NHL, most talented rookie, is or was Connor McDavid. 
There, there is no doubt about that. Uh, Topher Allen, thanks for texting in. He, he sent another text. All right. I got to tell you, a uh, pretty significant victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Meanwhile, the photographers are all Ladies around. Ladies and gentlemen, Here's Mr. Terrence Campbell, the president of the National Hockey League, will now present the Stanley Cup to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, this day in 1967, May 2nd, 1967, Leafs last won the Stanley Cup. Wow, did you... Pulled that out of the National Archive? Willie or? Scott found it. Oh. It's, you can get it on the, on oh, okay. the internet. Everything's on the so, internet So it probably days. is from the Canadian film board then. <laughs> well, I think it was on a CBC site, the CBC Archive. I don't know. Maybe we got to give CBC permission that we use yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. The, the, that, that was, uh, what is that, 49 years ago today? I think so, yeah. 49 years ago today, the Maple Leafs last won the Stanley Cup, and they, uh, they won the draft lottery over the weekend. Of course, the Oilers. The number four overall selection in the 2016 NHL draft belongs to the Edmonton Oilers. All right, so the Oilers did not get any of the three lotteries falling their way. It's it's uh, fascinating, Kellen. I, I saw it on the Jets' website. I'm sure it's on the NHL website. I, mm-hmm. I just happened to stumble across it while I was on the Jets' website. Mm-hmm. You can watch the entire lottery video. Oh wow! Oh, it's dry, buddy. It's dry. <laughs> it's but but I, actually I didn't wa- quite watch the whole thing. Oh, like I skipped the, ahead like, a bit at the end. Like the balls coming out of the machine. Oh yeah, and the well, whole deal? Bettman yeah. reads all the rules for about three or four minutes because yeah. they have to do that. Yeah. And uh, then they load the balls into the machine and they get sucked out, right? And then they look up the combination and then they put the balls back in and then they did the second and third pick. Now did they have the right machine? This was this the official NHL draft machine, yeah, and not the one that picks the Lotto Max numbers on Friday I, night. Or? I, I don't know if it's a rented machine or oh, not. Okay, I would imagine the <laughs> NHL will just keep uh, their own lottery machine. I gotta say though, I gotta say, Bettman said every 15 seconds, please select a new ball to the guy operating the machine. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I was timing in between, oh, and there was go. only 11 seconds between the third ball and the fourth ball ah. in the lottery for first overall. So this is. So I just think the Leafs lottery win is a little sullied. So so is and, that. And by the way, did you see Austin Matthews' body language? <laughs> if anybody thinks I'm serious, you weren't listening about a year ago when mm. we did about a whole show on Connor McDavid's body language when the Oilers won the draft. I remember lottery. that. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest three hours of radio I think I've ever offed in my life. That was, that was strange. <laughs> uh, Real Cree Warrior says, uh, Connor McDavid is so humble, I doubt he would accept the Calder Trophy because he would probably say he didn't earn it. Another texter simply says, the best rookie over the 2015-16 season was Panarin. And uh, Sam G said, uh, Reed, you know that homers are blind. They are usually emotional, not objective. The odd time we deal with some people on the show who put their emotion over their objectivity. Just very occasionally, though. Not often. We'll have some comments from Peter Shirelli, Andy Frost out of Toronto. Matthews mania in the center of the universe. Let it begin. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Matt Hendricks, a member of 
the United States national team that will play at the World Hockey Championships. They start on the weekend. This is Inside Sports on 630. Chad, 2-0. The Penguins have jumped out in front of the Washington Capitals. They are halfway through the first period. Game three of that series, it's being played in Pittsburgh. The Blue Jays hosting the Texas Rangers 1-1, middle of the sixth inning. Leicester City won the Premier League today, even though they weren't playing. Chelsea and Tottenham played to a 2-2 draw. Uh, Raptors will play tomorrow. We'll talk a little Raptors with Paul Sir from Basketball Alberta later on tonight. 7804960063. Castle Downs Dan, haven't heard from you in a while, buddy. How are you doing? Doing really well. Uh, how are you doing there? I'm doing great. The man, the myth, the legend. That's you. Uh, the whole uh, um, Homer thing for Connor McDavid, you know, yeah, we'd love for him to win the the caller, but anybody who knows the NHL knows he is not going to win it. He did not play enough games. And the more important trophy is that Hart Trophy he's going to win a few years from now. Well, that'd be nice. I mean, he's he, he's going to have a shot, that's for sure. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and I mean, like, he played well, and he had a great points per game average, but he just didn't play enough games. Well, I, I agree. I think we're 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 preaching from the same uh, same whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's I know I know people want him to win it, and I can't tell you what the right number of games is for all the voters. I just know for me, it's not forty-five, unless you get something well, like think, seventy points. I I think it's probably like you were saying, somewhere around sixty to sixty-five games, and I mean like. Uh, you know, he did well in the games that he played, blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, uh, the fact of the matter is half a season is not good enough. Yeah, fair enough. Now, what do you think is going to happen with the fourth pick, buddy? You know what? I'd like to see him trade it. I think that uh, – do I think it can get you a number uh, a number two or a number one? Uh, no. But if it's packaged correctly, maybe you can. Yeah, you're not going to get it. Yeah, certainly you're not going to get a top, like one of the top 15 defensemen in the league for that pick. But like I've said before, Dan, the Oilers aren't going to get a number one defenseman in, unless there's some amazing trade that happens. I, I don't believe P.K. Subban's coming here. Um, no, no. And, no. you know, I, I think that your best hope for the Oilers having a number one defenseman is maybe for Darnell Nurse to become one. And we'll see I, I think what that's happens. The only way they're going to have a number one is to develop them. It does, you know, whether it's Darnell Nurse or not. Uh, you know, I think the only way in today's NHL you get a number one defenseman is you develop him because nobody's going to trade one. Well, that's the thing, and, that, and that's when I, whenever we get trade proposals for pick a defenseman, I always say, okay, we got to put the brakes on this. If if the Oilers had this player. Would you trade him, right? And my argument about Subban is if the Oilers had a player who was 80% of Subban, they wouldn't trade him for pretty much anything. Exactly. So, But uh, I, I, Shirelli's definitely going to be shopping that uh, pick. I'm going to play some clips on that. Thanks, Castle Downs, Dan. Have a good one. That's uh, Castle Downs, Dan, 780-496-0063. We're going to get to Andy Frost out of Toronto in a few minutes. But first, Kellen, I just want to get... Uh, we had Peter Shirley on Saturday night after the draft lottery, and uh, yep. we asked him who could go number four. There's a group of seven or eight guys that, that it wouldn't surprise me if any of those guys went four. You know, it depends on need. And, and uh, um, so I'm talking if we didn't have the pick. Um, 
So I no, I, I I just you know I think that there's a there's a there's a real legitimate chance to look to move this pick to improve our team to to get bigger or to get a D and maybe and get something else. There's also a chance, uh, as I said in my previous uh, uh, comments, that that we could move the pick to to get a uh, to get an NHL defenseman too. That uh, that is uh, a, a top four defenseman. So. Um, I'm, I'm again. We're going to look at a lot of different things. All right. So to me, that's and as you all know, if any of you have paid attention to pro sports for more than about oh three weeks, you know that you're not going to get a definite answer from a, a professional general manager about his exact plans. Uh, I mean, unless last year, obviously, the Oilers said they weren't trading the Connor McDavid pick, but. But I, but I do think McDavid or, or Shirelli saying there, there's a really legitimate chance to move this pick, and maybe to get an NHL defenseman or to tr- or to trade down and and you know work something out there. I, I think he might be pursuing that more than in other circumstances. That that that's that's what I read out of this. Now I know we'll 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 probably do more trade proposals as we move along and certainly get closer to the draft. I know Bob did a whole bunch today, so I don't want to do the exact same stuff that Bob did on on, on Oilers now. But certainly Shirelli recognizes he said he was disappointed to not get into the top three. All those top three guys are NHL ready. After that, you'll have some people say, and we're going to have A.J. Jakubik to talk about some of the OHL guys on the show a little bit later on. I mean, some people will say Kachuk could play some people say, you know, Dubois has the biggest upside, all that kind of stuff. There's some defensemen hanging around there, Chikrin, uh, Sergachev, guys like that. But if Shirelli feels, I, I, if he can improve the team now, and maybe he moves down to 9 or 10 and still get a player almost as good as who he would have got at 4, I, I think that's how he's reading this, and that's the opportunity that he's going to jump on. Uh, he did talk about there being a cluster of players who could go at number 4. We've had a close eye on these guys, and there's a in that next cluster of players. Um, there's there's some there's some nice big forwards, wings, and centers, and there's like three really solid D. So uh, there's a good cluster there, and uh, if we choose to to move it and move or, or and or move down or move the pick, if we move down, we're gonna we're gonna get a real good player. Um, so the, you know the options are still available. Right, so he feels by moving down, you can still get a really good player who you're probably going to have to wait one, two, three years to be a contributor on your NHL roster. This is really interesting to me. I know on Saturday night, people went, we had people on both sides of the fence. Um, you know, in, in, in my mind, I, 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 I mean, he's got a, he's got a look. I, I still think there's a good player you could get. I'm, I'm not dead set on trading it. But if you look at the scenarios that Shirelli is bringing up, you know they're pretty appealing to add a def- to to correct, start to correct a glaring weakness on the Oilers team with a guy who can defend and potentially get the puck up to the forwards like McDavid, and and I think that's his priority. So bottom line is what will, what I what you or I would do in the situation, whatever we can discuss it. But it seems to me. That's really how Shirelli is reading this and reacting to the number four pick. Okay, I'll just read a few more texts on the uh, Rookie of the Year stuff. I don't want to spend the whole show on it. Brad says, Reed, if the rules are that you are not eligible for the Calder Trophy, 
after you play 30 games, and if you play over 30 games and are the best rookie, then you should get it. Otherwise, they should raise the limit to 50 games so McDavid would be eligible next year. So Brad's saying if you if you play enough games to use up your rookie eligibility, that should be the same number of games uh, where, where you could win the award. Um, though I think those kind of are the rules, though, Brad, right? I mean... The, the games played thing is in, in the voters' mind when it comes to voting on it. Uh, what if a guy got, this is from Colin, what if a guy got 50 goals in 38 games? The games played, in my opinion, matter as much as the player who stepped in and immediately dominated. Panarin likely wins, but the games isn't deciding isn't the deciding factor as much as there wasn't that much between the two. That's my opinion. That's from Colin. And Oz says, my circulatory system runs in oil, but even this diehard Oilers fan knows that Panarin deserves the award. His last five games secured it for him. Some can argue his presence on the Kane line is what put Kane in that top-tier category above all others this season. The guy in Philly whose name reminds me of a Renaissance artist also deserved it more because he carried Philly's defense on his back this season. Uh, and Luke uh, saying, the way Mr. Bear is playing for Seattle, I think the Oilers might have a good number two or another three defenseman coming. Hopefully he's not part of any trade packages. Yeah, Ethan Bear, really good series, uh, really good season for the Seattle Thunderbirds who are in the WHL final. They will play in Brandon to get it going on Friday and Saturday. All right, we'll talk a little bit about luck and a little bit about the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were the luckiest team on the weekend, getting the number one pick when we get back. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thank you for tuning in tonight at 645 Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Kelly Moore out of Winnipeg coming up. You gotta say, great weekend for the Jets. They go up from six to two in the draft lottery, holding at number one. Winning the lottery, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who will pick first overall for the first time since taking Wendell Clark in 1985. Andy Frost is one of my chorus radio siblings out in Toronto. He's also the public address announcer for Maple Leafs home games. Andy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Thanks very much for having me on. Great to be on, Chad, and uh, to be on Western Canadian Radio. Yes, well, that, that's where you got your start, is it not? It certainly is. Born and raised in Winnipeg and uh, been in Toronto for about 30. And, uh, hey, Winnipeg's a great place, and Western Canada is a great part of this fine country, and hockey is loved everywhere we go, Reed. So you were in Winnipeg then. I'm doing some quick math here. When the Winnipeg Jets were a powerhouse of the World Hockey Association then. Uh, pretty much, oh yeah, Hall, Nilsson, Hedberg, Lars Eric Schuberg, Veli Pekka Katola, Hexi Riharanta, you know, Norm Bowden, oh, you know, wow. WHA right through with, you know, when you guys out there had, you know, Al Hamilton and many others uh, playing for the, uh, for the Oilers. And then, uh, of course, they amalgamated with the National Hockey League and... You know, the rest is history, and you guys won your share of cups, and Winnipeg are still looking for theirs. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting, and, and uh, you mentioned you've lived in, in Toronto for three decades now. 
But I, 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 it's funny, Andy, even some people that I know either in the broadcasting industry or outside the broadcasting industry, even those who lived in Winnipeg for a short period of time, fell in love with the place, and they all say, man, I'm so glad the Jets came back because they just <laughs> knew it, it ripped the heart out when they left in the mid-'90s. Well, Winnipeg is a great city, and it's a great hockey city. And, um, hey, man, I'm proud to say that I'm... Uh, that I'm from there. You know, it's great working in a in a market like Toronto and uh, doing what I do here and uh, being able to play rock music and being involved in hockey and, you know, essentially what I did in Winnipeg just on a different level, you know, still involved with rock music and uh, involved with hockey. I did jet games back in the in the early 80s and uh, I've been working here in Toronto involved with the Maple Leafs since uh, the mid-90s, I suppose. So you've been the uh, PA announcer for some good Maple Leafs teams and obviously for some bad Maple Leafs teams. And this year they finished last. Uh, before we get to the, the, to the lottery result, can, can you give us a sense of the lead into it, uh, the, the hype around it, the, the mathematics of it? <laughs> you know, that 20% everybody was hoping came in. Just what was the past you know, couple weeks leading into the lottery like? Well, you know, I, uh, there was some skepticism, I think, going into it, uh, just based essentially on on what has taken place around the Maple Leafs for, you know, not just a matter of years, Reed, but a matter of decades. And uh, people were expecting the worst, you know, but uh, now after the results on Saturday, people are understandably excited. And, uh, you know, let's be clear, I think the the days of uh, bringing in the, the end of their careers, everybody from Phil Housley and Ron Francis and Brian Leach and Eric Lindros, and, you know, there's so many more. Those days are over. The Maple Leafs seem to be doing it right now, and, uh, yeah, they've got a long way to go, but uh, they're on the right track, and they've got some very smart, intelligent hockey people in charge of the operation now, whether it's Lou Lamorello or Kyle Dubas or Brendan Shanahan or Brandon Pridham or Mike Babcock, uh, these people seem to know what's going on. And, uh, yeah, the future looks bright. And as I say, people are understandably excited about the results on Saturday. Yeah, before we talk a little bit more about that, I have to ask you this, Andy. Andy Frost uh, joining us, Maple Leafs PA announcer, and he uh, works for a couple of our core stations in Toronto. What would have the reaction been like in Toronto if the Oilers had won the lottery? <laughs> I don't think you want to know. <laughs> that bad. Yeah, that, I think everybody was expecting the Oilers to win the lottery on Saturday. That's uh, that's the feeling that uh, that I got. However, it didn't happen, and uh, Edmonton ended up uh, what with the fourth pick, right? Yeah, didn't get any of the, the the didn't get any of the three spots this year, so people can't complain about any Oilers luck this time around. Yeah, they're still going to get a really good player at four, but uh, I've got to think that uh, there's going to be some kind of movement going on there. Maybe Edmonton, Arizona. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I, I think without question, Arizona would love to have Austin Matthews. I'm not suggesting for a moment that they're going to get Austin Matthews. He's an Arizona kid. And they'd love to have him, but uh, I just somehow don't think that's going to happen. But something makes some sense with uh, the London Knights and some of the Arizona prospects and Edmonton, and whether it's Matthew Kachuk or Christian Dvorak or however it's going to play out, I'm not really too sure. But uh, 
I got to think there's uh, going to be something going on, but the Maple Leafs at this point look like they're going to be hanging on to that first overall pick, but uh, hey, we'll have to see what the offer is and see how badly Arizona wants to bring Austin Matthews to Arizona, and uh, we'll see what the offer is all about, and uh, we'll proceed from there. Andy, give me a sense of the last 48 hours or so since the, the, the team won the lottery. Was, it, was, was the fan base celebrating? Were they maybe relieved that, that nobody else <laughs> snuck in there and, and, and got it? How, how do you put the mood around it? Well, I, I think people were relieved. They were, as I say, very excited. But, uh, uh, you know, it comes with a significant amount of skepticism. Uh, you know, over the years, Reed, there's just been – you know, so many poor decisions and poor draft picks and poor evaluation and and bad development and poor signings and poor trades that you can almost understand the skepticism. So when something good happens to the Maple Leafs heading into their 100th anniversary season, it's uh, almost a bit of a shock. But people are, are, are relieved and they're excited and uh Something seems to be working in the Maple Leafs' favor for a change, and uh, that certainly is long overdue. As, as you alluded to, I think we can make the, the safe assumption that the Toronto Maple Leafs will keep the pick and, and they will draft Austin Matthews. Hockey in Canada is like, you know, it's, it's, it's it. It's it. It's, it's, it's the, the national religion, if, if there is one. And, and Toronto is, uh, you know, the largest city and has all that hype. Can Austin Matthews, I mean, live up to expectations? Is, did you have a fear of him maybe being a little bit crushed or overwhelmed by it all? How do, you, how do you look at the situation this young man's stepping into? Well, you know, it's not going to be an easy situation. Uh, if indeed the Maple Leafs do select Austin Matthews, you know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with playing in the National Hockey League to begin with. A lot of pressure to play for the Maple Leafs and to be somewhat of a savior, but... I think that over the last maybe year, last couple of years, that Leafs Nation and Leafs fans are maybe being a little bit more realistic about the entire situation rather than previous years where the expectations were understandably very high. Uh, They realize that this team is in a rebuild and they've got a new coach now. Well, you know, they had Babcock last year, but, you know, they're rebuilding and uh, they're getting rid of some of the old guard. And, hey, uh, you know, tell you something else, too. The fact that the Maple Leafs managed to unload those horrible contracts of Phaneuf and Clarkson and Kessel all within, like, roughly a year period, uh, that's an indication, I think, to people that uh, that this Leafs organization is very serious about the future and uh, they want to do it the right way. And, uh it looks like they are doing it the right way, and they've got the right people in charge. Well, and Andy, just to wrap up, I mean, uh, Austin Matthews for a PA announcer, a little easier to say than the Finnish names they could have got, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Jesse Pooley-Yarvey might be a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, man, if I can get my... Uh, uh, if I can get my lips around uh, Stanislav Netskash and Carl Pilash and... <laughs> Anybody else, they should be able to get around uh, Jesse Pooley-Arvey. But, uh, no, there's excitement in Toronto and uh, and with good reason, and we'll see what goes on, Reed, on June 24th in Buffalo. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Andy, thanks for making time for us. Fun to have you on the show. I hope we can do this again. I hope so, too, Reed. Thanks very much for having me on, and it's great to be on, Chad. Right on. That is Andy Frost checking in from Chorus Radio in Toronto, public address announcer at Maple Leafs Games, talking a little bit about the uh, – 
Leafs maybe being a bit of a unlucky franchise or the fans seeing themselves as a, a cheering for an unlucky franchise. I looked up some quotes about luck. F. Scott Fitzgerald said, nothing is as obnoxious as other people's luck. And Ralph Waldo Emerson said, shallow men believe in luck or in circumstance. Strong men believe in cause and effect. You can be lucky. You got to do something with it. The Oilers have been lucky with the draft lottery. Haven't done much with it. They got to change that. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can text us at 630-630. Chris Letang from the Pittsburgh Penguins. A high hit on Marcus Johansson of the Washington Capitals. I would think the league is going to look at that one. Looked like some head contact and like Letang might have jumped off the ice a little bit to deliver a big open ice body check that had Johansson lying on the ice for a while. So we'll see if that one gets looked at as we move along. Of course, the Capitals without Brooks or Pick tonight. He's serving the first of a three-game suspension for a hit on Olimata over the weekend. The Winnipeg Jets picking number two. They moved up from number six. Kelly Moore from CGOB when we get back. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.